everybody welcome back to horn takes episode 39 and we're gonna do the bullpen today texas baseball has ripped off 11 straight wins ahead of big 12 play uh they've been on a homestand for a long time they've played 11 games at home uh they've got three more games at home before they go on the road to play texas a&m so let's get into it a little bit let's talk a little texas baseball Last loss, March 5th. It's a good bit ago. So they, they've got a, a really long win streak. They've got one of the nation's longest win streaks. Uh, I haven't seen it lately, but I saw a graphic last week. Uh, LSU had the longest win streak. And then there were a couple of other teams ahead of Texas uh, that had that had longer winning streaks. That, that may have changed. Doesn't really matter. The preseason is over. It's time for Big 12 play. We talked a little bit earlier uh, in the season about uh, just Texas not seeing the ball well and Texas just not being very good offensively. I, competition aside, I think they're seeing the ball much better right now. Uh, it's interesting because this team right now is very close to last year's team in the amount of home runs they've hit to this point in the season. And that really surprised me. Uh, I will say this, the, the offense is, has certainly opened up. Uh, people are starting to square the ball up much more all across the lineup. Uh, and a lot of those ball, balls are, are leaving the yard. My concern earlier this season for Texas was they're trying to, they're, they were winning some games with home runs and, and pitching really good pitching, keeping the opponent score low. And then they were, hitting some home runs and that was basically all their offense. They weren't able to manufacture any runs. And I made a comment, you know, they're trying to be last year's Texas Longhorn team with a long ball and they're just not built that way. Well, it's still early, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe, maybe this team can hit the ball uh, commensurate with that team last year. Uh, the team, the team average is creeping up uh, near 300, uh, which isn't great, especially when you're talking about college baseball, but where they were at in the very low 200s, getting up near 300 is pretty solid. They got 28 home runs to this point in the season, 135 RBI as a team. Uh, and as a team, they're batting uh, – or their OPS is 849. So, yeah, it's not amazing, again, especially for college baseball, but that's pretty good. Uh, lots of contact and way less strikeouts. Uh, like I said, they're, they're seeing the ball. They're getting contact with the ball. Uh, and, and a lot of the guys are really starting to barrel the ball up really good. Uh, Peyton, uh, Peyton Powell and uh, Eric Kennedy are just absolutely on a tear right now. Uh, and more specifically, uh, Peyton Powell. Although Kennedy is, uh, I don't know, I don't know how much time Kennedy spent in the weight room or, or what, or just on launch angle or something, but he's, he's crushing the ball. I think he's probably, he's probably hit more home runs this year already than he had in his previous 16 years at texas and i, I say that joke he's 
seems like Eric Kennedy's been at Texas forever. He is definitely one of those super seniors that's got six years uh, and is taking advantage of all six years of his eligibility. But he's never really been known as a power guy. He could get the ball out. I know he's hit home runs the last couple years, uh, but certainly not a guy that that almost every time he steps up to the plate, you feel like he's got a chance to put the ball out of the park. And and over the course of those last eleven games, he's he's kind of been that guy. Uh, Brown and O'Dowd, uh, Porter Brown, the transfer from TCU. And Jack O'Dowd, the transfer from Vanderbilt, uh, he's a two. He's in his second year here at Texas. He just didn't play a lot last year. They're, they're both uh, have really good numbers at the plate. Uh, and then Dylan Campbell uh, has been a guy. You know, we started the season. We talked about Dylan Campbell, uh, Mitchell Daly, and Eric Kennedy needing to be some guys that stepped up uh, to really lead this team offensively because they were the only three guys left from the team last year. Kennedy obviously been doing it all season. Dylan Campbell has been inconsistent, but okay. Uh, Mitchell Daly struggled, uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, Dylan Campbell's starting to heat up. He's hit three of his last five home runs on the season in the last three games. Uh, and these aren't cheap shots these guys are hitting. These are bombs. Uh, so, again, I think as a team, they're starting to see the ball. Uh, I think uh, part of it is uh, – Pierce was able to to fit together the lineup the way he felt like he needed it, and and now you know you hear about it in pro baseball all the time. De- depending on where you hit in the lineup and who hits around you, kind of to kind of depends on the type of pitching you get to see. If you're the guy that's batting right in front of the the home run leader, you're going to probably see a lot of pitches. Uh, they don't want to have to deal with that guy, so. So you get protected depending on where you are. And I feel like if you get your lineup set, you've got a talented roster. You get your lineup set in such a way that everybody kind of protects everybody. I think that's what you see with really powerful offensive teams in college baseball is is all those guys can hit. And so if you're a pitcher or you're a coaching staff, you don't get to say, man, we 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 got to be really careful against these guys, but we're okay with the rest of them. So maybe that lineup's starting to get that way for for David Pierce, uh, and maybe that's part of the offensive explosion. Mitchell Daly, again, continues to struggle. He's only had one hit in his last four games. At this point, I just have to think that there is absolutely no other options for David Pierce from a defensive perspective to play shortstop. And, and again, Daly, he's not a very fluid athlete at shortstop. He looked really good at second base uh, his first two years at Texas. And he makes plays at shortstop, but it just it looks so labored and and almost every single play and throw is a is a you know a a really close play. And if you again, if you watched Trey Faltini play the last couple of years at Texas, it just wasn't like that. Uh some of that's probably because, you know, some of that perspective is probably because Trey Faltini was so good. Uh, but it really I just think. I think Mitchell Daly's playing out of position. And again, he's doing a he's doing a good enough job defensively. Uh I just don't think there's anybody else behind him on this roster that could go play play shortstop, uh, which is it's kind of crazy at a Division 1 baseball school, especially a school like, you know, with a program the University of Texas has with all the tradition. We talked a little bit about that lineup. Here's what I think the lineup is going to look like moving forward. It's been this or some some close variant of this uh, the last few, you know, last couple of weekends and the midweek games. Uh, 
Uh, Eric Kennedy's your leadoff at center field. Peyton Powell uh, hitting out of the two hole at third base. And by the way, Peyton Powell is a is a really good defensive player. He's got a really strong arm. Uh, he's rangy. Uh, he might be able to play shortstop, to be perfectly honest. I don't know what that would look like. Anyway, you got Dylan Campbell hitting third out, of, out at right field. Uh, and then Garrett Guillemet uh, is the starting catcher. And Guillemet's kind of been DHing when he's not been the catcher. Uh, and when that happens, Ryan Galvan is, it seems to be the guy that comes in to catch. He's a freshman out of Sinton, Texas, a really good prospect. Porter Brown out in left field. Jack O'Dowd at second base. Mitch Daly at shortstop. Jared Thomas at first base. Uh, and then from a DH perspective, uh, it looks like uh, Bellew or, or Duplantier, to me, kind of seem like the top two candidates to be DH. Bellew's got a really good average, a lot less at bats than Duplantier. Uh, so we'll we'll see really how that works out this weekend. Uh, the pitching to this point has just been a really pleasant surprise. It's been really good. They've got a team ERA of 3.18. Uh, the starting rotation, I believe, is set for now. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we talked the last time about how we thought uh, there would kind of be some changes in the rotation and uh, who that would be and, and where some of the other guys would be moving around. And right now, it uh, looks like Lucas Gordon with that 1.37 ERA is, is obviously your Friday guy. Uh, Travis Staley, uh, who was the Sunday starter, uh, has now moved into the Saturday start spot, and he he's brought his ERA down. It's it's still a little high, four point zero seven, but it was sitting at five point four uh, before his last start. Uh, and then LBJ, uh, the guy that that started the year as a Tuesday starter, has moved into that Sunday role, and he's got a three point two eight ERA at this point. Uh, the bullpen is really good. They have a lot of arms uh, that are under three hundred or under that three ERA level. Uh, Zane Morehouse, who was the Saturday starter at the beginning of the season for most of the season, uh, seems to have kind of settled into the closing role. Uh, he's he's closed a few games uh, in the last series and and over the course of the midweek games. He's got a 4.05 ERA, which isn't great, but uh, still good. Uh, and then guys I really like out of the bullpen are Charlie Hurley and David Shaw. Uh, 1.80 ERA and 0.61 ERA. They can just come into games. Uh, these guys, and there's several of these types of guys in that bullpen that can come in. You know, if your starter struggles uh, early, they can come in and get you into that sixth, seventh inning range, uh, and they're really good. Uh, these guys pitching the ball really well. So, so I like, I like, I've liked the pitching all season. I thought the offense was kind of a crutch for most of the season. Starting to see the offense kind of gel and and figure itself out, and and I think you got to expect that with a team that you know is replacing two thirds of that lineup from last year. So I think things are on a positive trend for Texas baseball. We talked about it a little bit last week. We're going to really find out about where this Texas baseball team is once Big Twelve play starts because they got Texas Tech, then they go on the road to College Station to play A and M for a midweek. And then they go on the road to play Oklahoma State uh, up in Stillwater. So this weekend is the first Big 12 series for for Texas against Texas Tech. Uh, number 14 Tech took two of three from Oklahoma State last weekend in their Big 12 opener. Uh, Texas comes in unranked, 15 and seven on the year. Tech is sitting at 
number 14. They're 18 and four on the year. Uh, and I think you look at this Texas Tech team and they're, they're not a lot different than a lot of the other really good Texas Tech teams uh, over the last few years, especially when you start looking at those two teams that went to the College World Series. They hit the ball a ton. Um, I've said it before. I, I, anytime, anytime this subject comes up and you start talking about baseball and hitting and, and Texas Tech, and somehow if Texas Tech gets thrown in there and we're talking about hitting, I, I will, I'll talk about how, you know, whoever their pitching coach, I really love his philosophy. It, it, those guys go up there. They are looking for a first pitch fastball. And they're going to get a cut at it. And they're they're not going to get cheated. I, I don't know what they, I wish I could send my son up there and just be like, spend, you know, spend, spend three months with this pitching coach and, or this hitting coach and, and just learn what he's teaching these guys. Cause it, it, they've always been good offensively. Uh, and this year is no different. They've scored 10 or more runs in 11 games so far this year. So half of the games they've played, they've scored 10 or more runs. And they've scored 15 or more runs three times. One of those being like a 24-run game against, I don't even know who it was against, but probably not a great team. Uh, but still, uh, that's that's just some crazy production. Uh, the team's hitting 325, 35 home runs, 214 RBI. So that, Texas sitting at 135 RBI. Tech's already at 214. Uh, and they've got almost a thousand ops so so they're right in that range as a team where they're really good they got four guys that are hitting over 400 eight guys that are hitting over 800 or excuse me over 300 so uh all up and down this lineup they can hit the baseball the interesting thing is uh gavin cash who's a transfer from texas he's their guy this year uh and and i don't Gavin Cash was a guy that that went to Texas as a freshman last year, uh, didn't get to play a whole lot, and I don't know what prompted his move to 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 go to Lubbock and play at Texas Tech. I don't know if he thought he wasn't going to get a shot, or maybe he just didn't get. Maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe he didn't get along with David Pierce. I've heard that. I've heard David Pierce can kind of be a hard guy to get along with. I don't know. Uh, it's possible. I know. They flipped the coaching staff down in Austin this year completely. Uh, I know that there was a few guys that transferred out. So uh, maybe, maybe just, I don't know, just wasn't a good fit for him down in Austin. But he's up at, he's up in Lubbock right now, absolutely crushing the ball. He's hitting 440. He's got seven home runs, two triples, seven doubles, and 34 RBI. <clears throat> and then behind him, you got a guy named Austin Green. Uh, who's who's hitting 418 with six home runs, two triples, four doubles, 35 RBI. So those are just two of them. They, they got bats up and down that lineup. A uh, really solid offensive team. They're gonna look for that first pitch strike, and they're they're gonna they're gonna swing at it. You are not gonna watch Texas Tech go up to the plate, and you're not gonna groove fastballs for first pitch strikes against them. You may get first pitch strikes, but they're probably getting fouled off. You're probably not throwing the ball by them. They are a they are a fastball hitting team, uh, and I I like that philosophy. That's what I teach my son. You, you're gonna get the older you get, and especially as you start getting to high school and and definitely in college, you're probably only gonna get one or two pitches in at bat that are really good pitches to hit. So you better be ready to hit them. And a lot of times, the best pitch you're gonna see in the entire at bat 
is that first pitch. So why sit there and watch it? Let's get ready to hit. Let's go up there on time. And just put some barrel on the ball. And that's what Tech does. Now, I will say this about Tech and their offense. And, and again, they've always been a good offensive team, and it's taken them to the College World Series. So they've obviously played in places other than Dan Law Field. <clears throat> but Dan Law Field is the fifth, fifth biggest baseball field in the city of Lubbock. And the fields that it comes in behind are Coronado High School's Max O'Banion field, Monterey High School, Lubbock Monterey, and I can't remember the name of the field that they play at. Friendship High School out in Wolferth, which is a subdivision of Lubbock. They have a bigger field. Lubbock Cooper has a bigger field. So there's four high schools right now. In Lo- and I wouldn't be surprised if Lubbock High, and they may be the sixth biggest field. Lubbock High probably has a bigger field as well than Dan Law Field. We're talking dimensions. My guess is they're going to be the seventh biggest after this year when Lubbock Cooper and Friendship finish their, their high schools. So they 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 play in a very hitter-friendly park from a size perspective. And the way that field is laid out, the prevailing wind from the north, northwest, west, just it just the ball gets out of there. Uh, so we have to take those offensive numbers with a with a tiny grain of salt. Uh, they they are gonna they are good offensively, uh, but their numbers are a little bit skewed because of where they play. The other thing about Lubbock is the wind here is just absolutely insane in the spring. I mean, they, they're playing games where the wind's blowing 20, 30 miles an hour solid the entire game out to out, out to the outfield somewhere. So, again, good offensive team. They're dangerous. A little bit skewed on the numbers. They're pitching. Texas Tech has had years where they've had, they've always been good offensively, right? They've had years where they've had pretty decent pitching to start the season. And then through some injuries, it kind of gets them messed up, or maybe some guys, uh, you know, start the year out pretty good and then kind of fizzle out as the year goes on. Right now, they're they're pretty good. They got a team ERA of three point six four. They have a ton of arms under three out in the uh, bullpen as well. I I think their weekend rotation. I tried to do some research on this, and it looks like <clears throat> it looks like uh, much like David Pierce, uh, Tim Tadlock has kind of played around with with uh, the pitching rotation, trying to find exactly where everything should fit. So so I'm a little bit shaky on that. I'm pretty sure on the first two guys, but I'm not 100% sure uh, on the last guy. It looks like uh, Brendan Girton is their uh, Friday night guy. Uh, 4.5 ERA. Uh, Mason Molina is their Saturday guy with a 2.81. And then Tabor Fast, uh, who's got a 5.51 ERA. He pitched last Sunday to start the game. So that's my assumption that he'll be the Sunday starter this week. Could be off on that. An interesting note about this series, uh, Brandon Beckel uh, has been suspended by the NCAA for four games uh, for being kicked out of the game. One of the games against Oklahoma state for some sort of unsportsmanlike conduct. I, I don't, I don't know exactly what he did. What I, with a little bit I could find on the internet was basically, he just kind of ran his mouth, uh, after the umpires had uh, warned both dugouts uh, to to stop running their mouths, 
he said something, I guess, and and he got tossed. And I didn't know this, but in the NCAA, you get tossed from a game. That's an automatic four game suspension. It's not even a it's not a conference thing. It's it's totally an NCAA thing, and it's it, you can't appeal it. So he won't be in this series, and that could hurt Tech because he's got he's a guy that's sitting at point six four ERA. So that's a really good arm out of the bullpen that that they're not going to have. These games will be played on Longhorn Network, uh, which I'm sure pisses everybody off, uh, except for Longhorn fans that want to watch that game on watch those games on Longhorn Network. Uh, but the game tonight, Friday night, 7 p.m. down at Dish Falk. Uh, Saturday they got a 2:30 pitch, and Sunday they got a 2:30 pitch. Uh, again, all games on Longhorn Network. Prediction: We haven't done any predictions for baseball all season, <clears throat> and uh, part of that is just because. I didn't see a lot of utility in it. I didn't really know, didn't really know what the team had, and uh, I feel like now after, after what twenty something games, uh, we we kind of get an idea of what this team has. Uh, I I really feel like the most important matchup in this game is going to be, uh, or in this series rather, is is the Texas arms out of the you know out of the bullpen, the pitching staff against those Tech bats. Uh, you look at the numbers, and both of them. Both of those groups have been really good this season. Obviously, something has to give. Um, I kind of lean back and say, if you legitimately have good pitching, good pitching and good defense is almost always going to beat good offense. It won't always do it. But most of the time, the majority of the time, if you're a really good pitching team and a really good defensive team, you're going to beat teams even if they – even if they do have better offense. So I think I think what we're going to kind of find out uh, obviously is is if Texas is pitching to this point is actually good. You know, is it as good as what the numbers show it is? And is Texas offense as good as what the numbers show it is? If I'm a betting man, uh, I think uh you know just I I do think that the Texas pitching will uh be good and i think that uh that that there'll be some close games against tech in this series but if i'm a betting man i just feel like uh tech tech offensively they're just loaded and i think i think because of that and because we've seen texas go in, go into these stretches before where they just can't manufacture runs and they've been really dependent on the long ball for any kind of offensive production I could see this series being being a, a type of series where, you know, the starting pitching and even the bullpen, you know, total, we're talking about giving up, you know, maybe four or five, six runs a game to to tech, and it's not good enough because the the offense just again can't can't manufacture. So I if I was betting, I'd say Texas tech will do enough to win this series. And I think they'll they'll do enough offensively to win the series. That's not a loss for Texas necessarily. I mean, again, if you if you're paying attention at all to start this season, you saw everything Texas was losing. Uh, you've seen them so far this year go on the road and and have troubles. Uh, you've seen them have troubles with with some uh, some of the teams they've played. And, which, by the way, when you when you looked at that college baseball classic that they played with uh, Vanderbilt. Missouri and uh Arkansas you looked at that loss to 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 Missouri and kind of went eh it's not a very good that's not a very good loss 
Missouri just went to Tennessee and and beat Tennessee two out of three. So, uh, I I think maybe Missouri's got a pretty decent baseball team, at least talented enough to be able to go in and take two of three from a from a really good Tennessee team. So, Texas has been tested. They're going to obviously get tested some more this weekend. We'll see how it goes. Again, I think uh, I think it's going to be one of those deals where. Uh, Tech's just going to be a little bit better offensively. You guys, uh, check us out next week. We'll have another edition of Hardwood Horns. By the way, those guys are playing tonight, playing Xavier for a chance to go to the Elite Eight. We'll do another bullpen episode next week, and we'll do whatever we call the football series. I haven't decided when I'm going to name football yet, but... We'll talk about spring football. We'll talk about the 2024 recruiting. There's a big recruiting weekend down in Austin this weekend. And we'll talk about three reasons why Texas could be better at football in the SEC than they were in the Big 12. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to watch the podcast. You can find me on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook at Horntakes. Email me at horntakes at gmail.com with all your questions, comments, concerns, criticisms. I love them all. Hook them. You guys have a good weekend.